Okay. Hello and welcome to the Elbrook Church in the Community podcast. It's fair to say that we don't really know what we're doing, but hey, let's give it a go anyway. And this week, my guest presenter is Alan. Hello. Hello, Alan. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. How be you this week? Yes, fine, thank you. Just uh, fed up like everybody else, but, you know, <laughs> at least the sun's been shining a bit. And, yes, uh, you, you managed to get out and about at all? Or? A, cer- a certain amount, yes, yes. yes, yes. Um, I, I know you like a good walk. Oh, yes, yes. Strictly within the rules, of course. Well, yes, yes, naturally. Wouldn't expect anything less from you. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Elbit Church in the Community podcast. Um this week we've got a very exciting episode because we have um, David, our Methodist minister here at the Eldrick Church. But we'll, but we'll get him on in a few minutes. But first, Alan, I'm going to ask you, is there something in life that you're maybe feeling particularly positive about or, you know, giving you a little smile lately? Well, yes, and I've come up with a couple of rather obvious, very big things and then a rather another little smaller personal one. Okay. Um, first of all, every time I see anything about America, I just smile because I think at least we've got Joe Biden in the White House. Mm-hmm. And that just affects so many things. And the world feels a safer place because of it. And more positive and, you know, climate change and all sorts of things. And it's just a real refreshing Refreshing and encouraging change. Yes, yes. And I know it's not new news, but it's it still keeps me. We don't. One of the troubles with this virus business is that the news is all about that and here, mm. and you don't hear hardly any news from around the world, which is a shame, really, because it makes us very inward-looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but on terms of the virus, actually, obviously the vaccination rollout is really encouraging, and the possibility of light at the end of the tunnel at last. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and You've had your vaccine, haven't you? I have had one, yes. yes. Was it a, a Pfizer or an AstraZeneca? It was the, it was the AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. So it, uh, it seems that that's the one that's most likely to make you feel poorly afterwards for a day or two, which it did, um, which I don't normally after a, a flu jab or anything. But... I'm perfectly happy to put up with that for a couple of days. Oh, yes, yes, Compared with the alternative. Um, On a personal note, Mm -hmm. a little encouragement, after a a six-week revamp, we've finally got our kitchen just about back to straights again. So that's really nice to be able not to be in chaos quite as much. Yes, I've been following your kitchen development with much interest and I'm I'm glad it seems to have been going on for a very long time. But are are you happy with it? Are you... Very very happy indeed, yes. Yes. Have you you decided you regret doing it yourself and you should have just got people in? Or are are you glad (laughs) that you did the bulk of the work yourself, save a bit of money and all that? Well, um, (laughs) um, we did at time because we had about... Three or four different people in, you know, joiners and plumbers and electricians and people. And sometimes it felt as if we'd have been sensible just to get somebody to project manage it. But it would have cost a lot more money. And we've managed. We've got some really, really good people. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so it's been, it's been okay. It's just that everybody is so busy because everybody's in the same position as us, which is having t- uh, money that they haven't spent on other things and time to think about things. And so everybody's rushing around having kitchens and bathrooms and extensions and everything else, <laughs> which means that everybody's very busy. Oh, dear. But, oh, dear. Uh, but no, it's, it's, and it's good for them. I'm, I'm very glad for them. So, no, it's been, it's been an interesting thing. And I, I quite enjoy the practical stuff, the DIY stuff. So it's been good. Yes. My, my mother commented to me the other day, every time she comes to your door to, like, drop something off, you're always holding a screwdriver. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. Uh, um, yeah. Well, my, my positive thing this week is for the past week I've been working with St Wilfred's Church down in Gilstead and oh, yes. on getting them a bit more set up with tech stuff so that they can kind of, you know, bring some people back to church while also, you know, involving people who, who aren't able to come back to church yet. And um, I, I've now completed my work there. And today, which we're recording this on a Sunday, was their first ever time d- doing it with all my new upgrades. And it went reasonably well. A couple of hiccups, oh. but... Overall, everyone seemed very happy, so there you go. Oh, I'm really that, pleased that... to hear that. Yes, m- me too, because I, <laughs> I, when I when I finished doing the, my work at the Eldritch Church service this morning, I had a panicked voicemail um, from somebody down there. But when I actually got there, I actually thought it was only a very minor thing, and overall yeah. it, it was going really well, so I was very happy. So The thing is, what's minor to the person who understands the whole thing is a major catastrophe to the person who hasn't much of a clue what's going on. Yes, yes. Um, it was that so the, the people who were in church couldn't see what's happening at home because how they do it is they do like a, a big Zoom call and oh, there'll be right. like somebody at home might do the prayers. So the whole thing oh, was right. they wanted to be able to see the person doing the prayers, but they yeah. were having some problems with their projector. But all right. easily fixed. Good, and good. And it was all fine in the end. So there you go. Hello, and it's quick quiz time. Starting with last week's quiz, which was events in 1953. We asked, in January 1953, an American TV show won the largest audience share ever. What was the show? Well, it was I Love Lucy. And the bonus question was, why did that episode attract such a large audience? It was because Lucy gave birth to little Ricky. There you go. In February 1953, it was one of the most significant scientific discoveries ever made. What was the discovery? It was the double helix structure of DNA. So I reckon if you've said anything about DNA, you're you're probably worth a point there. May 1953 saw the first achievement of a great physical feat, which was the first ascent to the summit of Mount Everest by the British Everest Expedition. Question four. In July, there was a popular sporting first and we asked who won the major sporting event for the first and only time at his 28th attempt. 
it was Sir Gordon Richards who won the Epsom Derby. Finally, number five, in November, there was a less popular sporting first. What was the event? Well, it was a continental team beating England in a football international match at home and it was the England versus Hungary match. And for the pedants out there, it was a 6-3 win for Hungary. So there you go. I hope 1953 went well for you on the quick quiz. This week's quick quiz is all about art. So, number one, who painted The Scream in 1893? Question number two, which brand of soup features in Andy Warhol's Soup Can series? Question number three, a bronze bust of a Portuguese footballer was mocked online after its reveal in 2017. Who was the statue meant to resemble? Okay, thinking caps on there. Question number four. Where will you find a hundred cast iron figures facing towards the sea? And finally, question number five is another where question about art. A new V&A museum dedicated to design opened in 2018. Where is it located? So I hope you got on all right with those and the answers will be with us next week. Right. right then. So we have, as I said earlier, we have David McAloon, the the reverent David McAloon, I should say, with us this week, who's our minister, our Methodist minister. That's probably the, he'll describe himself. Let's just get him in before I keep flailing like this. Hello, David. Hello, James. How are you today? I am not too bad. And yourself? I'm I'm good. I am. Um, I have no complaints. All is well. Oh, good, good. Um, would you like to try and introduce yourself? Because I feel like I did a very bad job at it. Who Who are you? For those that maybe don't know you, I am Reverend David McAloon. I'm one of the Methodist ministers in the Airedale Methodist Circuit. Okay. I am. Um, I. I've been here for, um, worked here in this area for, what, more than four years now, um, coming towards the end of my time here. Uh, how it works in Methodism is that um, th there is no such thing as interregnum, and as one minister leaves, then other ministers take up the responsibility. And I'm currently Methodist minister in Bingley, and um, as um, Reverend Peter left as the, um, as the Anglican priest, uh, there was some need to um, continue uh, an ordained person on the um, trustees, particularly from the Methodist side. And so Reverend Ruth Crompton, my superintendent, my team leader, um, asked me to do that. And so I was able to come and cover 
and be part of the team here at, at Eldwick Church. Lovely, and and it's been lovely to have you. You you have you've done a fair few of our sermons lately on online. I'm so I'm sure most people know you as a bit of a familiar face. Um, so thank you for that, um, Alan. I believe that you have some questions prepared for David. Well, I have, and I th- we've, I've sort of had the first one answered already. Oh, sorry going, about that. <laughs> that's all right. It's all right. I was going to ask uh, David how he's actually connected to the Eldrick Church. And perhaps it'd be worth saying just a little bit, David, about um, why there is a Methodist minister attached to the Eldrick Church at all. Yes, indeed. Um, as, as part of the, the, um, the church being a, a local ecumenical project partnership, uh, there is always um, clergy cover from both denominations. And up to fairly recently, Reverend Ruth Crompton, as I say, my superintendent, our team leader here on the Methodist side, she was um, the, the trustee member at Eldwick. And um, it was, um, I, um, I've only been fairly recently ordained and um, came from a life in health, which I'll talk about in a little while. I know you're going to ask me a little bit about that in, in, a, in a while to come. Um, and as, as my um, responsibilities grew, as my, I was ordained and um, was confirmed in post sort of over the last couple of years, uh, I was ordained and then I approached Reverend Ruth and said, um, is there some more duties that you need me to do as I became? Um, and so she said, well, as, as Reverend Peter's leaving and um, there's there's a need to have a, a little bit more of an input into into Eldwick, would would I do that? And so that's why sort of from the Methodist point of view, I, I come to, to to be part of the team here. Right, great. And just in case there are people who don't understand some of the long words, and I wouldn't understand the long words in their areas. Ecumenical just means uh, different denominations, different branches of the Christian church working together. And the Methodist and the Anglican church in Eldwick joined up and are now one congregation. Um, and many people don't think of themselves as Anglicans or Methodists, some do, um, but it's just one congregation sharing together and worshiping together. So, and it's really good to have um, some Anglican and Methodist input from uh, David, Ruth and others. So, uh, there's a bit of a clue in your voice, David, but um, you'd like to say something about where you're from. Well, uh, and, and And how Yorkshire compares with where you're from. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I, as you can tell, I'm originally from a little bit further north, Durham here. I am from um, South County Durham, uh, so I'm almost a Yorkshireman, but not quite. I'm from a little town called Bishop Auckland, which is halfway between Darlington and Durham, and just sort of west west of the A1, if you think about the map. And um, if you, so yes, I lived there for um, oh gosh, well into my forties before I working there in health before I um, felt and continued to. Um, follow the call of the Lord and um, I put my name forward in my mid-40s to to go towards um, ministry, ministerial training. Uh, so in, gosh, oh gosh, I must have been 45, 46, uh, I was accepted and then went down to Birmingham for two years, spent two years in Birmingham on the training before being, being stationed here, as we call it, in the Methodist Church, being uh, sent here to be, um, to finish my training and then to be ordained and to become 
and continue to be a Methodist minister here. So originally from the North East, as I say, but I'm not a Geordie, uh, from South Durham, uh, just north of the Yorkshire border. Right. And, and how does you... Uh, well, right, so there isn't really a huge comparison between South Durham and Yorkshire, you feel? Well, it's interesting because um, I lived sort of on the edge of the Durham Dales. Um, we don't tell people about the Durham Dales. They're almost as pretty as the Yorkshire Dales, but yeah. uh, there aren't anywhere near as many people there. So um, we get to enjoy it ourselves. So don't tell people it's pretty in the North East. It really is pretty uh, in the area. And so the area I come from, obviously nowhere near as hilly as this, but on the edge of uh, sort of in the... At the point where... Weardale becomes the Weir Valley, uh, and then you sort of can head up into the hills from there, uh, halfway between the coast and the and the hilltops. Uh, so the 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 churches, uh, the idea of smaller, more rural or semi-rural communities on the edges of towns, more where I, most of where I work, because I'm minister at Bingley and Eldwick, but also at Howarth, Lees, Marsh, and Oxenhope. So up at sort of that end of, of what we call the circuit, sort of the south end, where we're approaching the hills and um, Bronte country. Um, and so that is not unfamiliar, particularly the church sizes, small Christian communities working out their witness, uh, developing and um, following the needs of, of smaller communities. Yeah, great, great. I, have to, I can vouch for the fact that Durham is lovely because I spent four years up there, three years studying and one year working and uh, one of one of my jobs was a, as a milkman with the co-op, oh. and used to go around all the you villages. You were a milkman. Yes, <laughs> that's a good life. Uh, I did all sorts. I was delivering fruit and veg to Chinese chippies and uh, and Durham prison and all sorts of things. Another time, it was great fun, really interesting. So you anyway. It? So Bishop Auckland of yes. of uh, eye test fame. Yes, indeed. It's um, it's an interesting town. It's post-industrial now and. Rather sad compared to what it used to be. It used to be the central part of the uh, the railway industry feeding and moving coal from the Durham coal fields out uh, into the rest of the world. And so it used to be a huge railway junction, but now, sadly, that time has passed and it's now yeah. a comparatively sleepy, not particularly wealthy town on the edge of the Durham Dales. Yeah, all right. So, anyway, what... So what do we use? You mentioned health. You were in health. What were you doing before you were a minister? Well, for as I say, I didn't come to college to to train until my mid forties. From being, well, being unemployed as a young man and then leaving uh, and then getting jobs, I worked in the hospital. Worked in um, South Durham Health Authority. I was a hospital porter for many years. Uh, Specialised in operating theatre and then was a operating technician, auxiliary nurse, uh, working in the operation, in the perioperative environment in the hospital, uh, working in the operating theatre for, gosh, 20 years before um, wow. training for the ministry. And all that time, of course, being very connected to church, we as Methodists have a, a lay leadership system where I was a um, church steward, like a church warden, and then a circuit steward, um, responsible for churches over a larger area, uh, trained as a Methodist local preacher. Um, that took quite a few years because I was working 60 hours a week at the time. And then um, developed, and I felt this call persisting upon my life, this call that had never really gone away from first becoming a Christian to, to do more for God and to, to do more in the community. And um, this 
journey came forward and um, spoke to a number of people and I was in my mid 40s and I was it was time if if I wasn't going to do something about it now I wasn't going to do something about it at all and so talk to some people I knew in the church because as I say I was a fairly senior layperson on loads of committees across the area and um, spoke to some people and put my name forward and went into the training system which is a a fairly um, rigorous training system um, before you're even accepted for ministry and then to to my as much my surprise as any well more to my surprise than to anybody else's ministerial training and sent off to Birmingham to train at the Methodist Anglican College at Queens which is just south of Birmingham city centre well it's interesting how many parallels we have I was uh, a, a porter at the hospital at Durham for a few months as well Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, interesting times. Um, just you mentioned when you became a Christian. I wonder if you could say just briefly about what you know what happened when you. How did you become a Christian? Oh, I became a Christian. I was in. I, I, I wasn't a cradle Methodist. My family have connections into the Methodist Church and into the Salvation Army, but we never really attended. We were sort of. Um, the kind of family who attended occasions, so we'd call it Christmas, perhaps, or um, Remembrance Time, etc. Um, and my sister became was more involved. She taught a little bit, taught a little bit of Sunday school, but I would never attend. And um, my went through school and, and school and met my wife Carol, um, who you probably don't know, but um, Carol was was at the time a member of the local Anglican church, uh, and she said to me, "Why not?" You know, we we were going. There was the offer of going off to a church, so she dragged me along to the church camp, uh, which met a couple of miles from home in a field with a tent ministry kind of thing. Um, I think that they called Harvest at the time, which was a, a Christian movement in the northeast, run by Newcastle Youth for Christ, which was really aimed at um, young people leaving school, going into college, and what will you do with your life after that? With loads of local speakers and um, some good music and I found it felt a real experience of God's presence and um, a, a feeling of connection to a community like I'd never felt before is it followed up that that up and felt felt that this this was the right place to be and that grew into an understanding of faith and um, I started attending the local Methodist church where my sister had been a Sunday school teacher uh, Carol came along with me, and um, we, she 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 made a commitment to with me as I uh, became a. She she moved across and was uh, worshiping with me, and uh, made a commitment to the Methodist Church. And slowly, over a, a good number of years, the commitment grew, and I knew that God was calling me to do something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you. And just lastly. Um, you know, here you are. You've you've come in from the outside, as it were, and can see the Eldrick Church. And just wonder, from what you've seen of it and what you know of us, um, what do you think we have to offer to the local community? I think that Eldrick um, Church is, a, is perfectly placed in its community. I think um, it's an unusual church in that the kind of people who attend are the kind of people who live in the village. It's, it's very much nested and rooted in the whole community. There is opportunities across the board to speak to people in so many different circumstances and contexts. 
uh, people are drawn in. We have the wonderful advantage of having young people in the church and young families. There is a great opportunity here to connect with, with so many things in so many places and, and offer that, that faith view and that faith vision into the context. I remember being at college and we studied um, the ways churches grew and the way churches didn't. Uh, and a lot of the time they spoke about having a church community that, that mirrored the, the, the community of the place. Uh, of a similar sort of demographic, of a similar socio-economic grouping, of a similar age group. And Eldwick certainly fits Eldwick Village beautifully. And so I think there's great opportunities there to speak to people at all kinds of levels, to draw people into faith and to also to provide that sort of caring, prayerful, pastoral service into, into the place, not just about the people who attend week by week, but for, for all of the community to know that there is a praying God-loving, God-centred community there for people to, to, to connect into um, whenever they need and they feel the, the, the call. And, and when people start to, to attend and to become connected and to feel that they belong, then, then faith grows. And so certainly it's a wonderful opportunity and such a, a great growing church community with a, with a membership of, um, well, when I've been there, I tend to... Um, before I was more involved at Eldwick, I was more involved in the early communion service. And um, to have a, a, an early communion without music where there were more than 30 people gathering, that's, that's more in the congregations than some churches have in the whole uh, for their main act of worship. And so it's, it's a real sign that wonderful things are happening. We have the beautiful new, new build. We have the, the great opportunity to build on all of the, the hard work that Peter did in the, in the community and with the people. And I can see it growing. And the way is, is going forward and following the Lord wherever God is calling us. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That, that was uh, lovely. Yeah, thank you for talking to us. Um, just, just a question from me. So, so you, you know, you, you, you'll say you're, you know, moving on quite soon. So, where, where, whereabouts in the country are you off to next? Well, Methodist ministers tend to be stationed for for a five-year period, and unless uh, there is a real reason, to, you do have the opportunity to stay. You can ask for an extension of up to five years or even longer if that's contextually correct for you and your family, but. Um, where we are in our lives, and me and my wife, um, my daughter is not moving with us. She's staying in Yorkshire. She's been um, converted to the Yorkshire idiom. Um, and um, <laughs> Carol and I are, we're at the, are at the point, and um, I'm the right age, and at the right time, that, 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 that time needs, needs to move on. And so after our five years here, uh, I put my name forward to move, and we've been offered a post. Because in the Methodist Church, it's much more, you, you, it's not like applying for a job. You offer yourself to move and there is a whole system of um, appointments where, where it is decided with your, with your input uh, to where you're going next. Which is, as I said, there's never an interregnum. It's not like that you apply for a post. It's, it's a bit more like being posted in the military. Hmm. Uh, so I've been moved and stationed, as we call it, to South Norfolk. We're going to Thetford, which is a small town. Oh, Thetford! Uh, ah, that's. I I'm a big fan of Dad's Army. Isn't there a museum? In... There is. Um, it was filmed the... around there, wasn't it? Yes, the the all of the external scenes of Dad's Army were filmed in Thetford, and uh, so there is a Dad's Army museum. It's sort of halfway between Newmarket and Norwich, mm. down there, right in the centre of the um, of the. If you think about the map, um. 
you think about Norfolk and Suffolk being a, a semicircle. Thetford mm. uh, is probably on the point in the, the compass at the centre, because where, wherever you travel, it's about an hour and ten minutes drive to the coast, all the way from Kings Lynn, all the way around to Norwich, all the way around to uh, Ipswich rather, and so it's it's right in the centre of that on the border between Norfolk and Suffolk. Well, there so you go. From there in the autumn. Um, and a new Methodist minister has always already been appointed for Bingley, and I, I believe he may have some input into Eldwick. I, I don't know. I'm sure that's in the process of being worked out. But um, so the new Methodist minister will has been already been appointed, and he's Reverend Terry Keane, and he's currently working in Halifax. I hope he's keen. He's a good man with many, many, many years of experience. Ah, very good. Well, Great thank stuff. you very much, David, for chatting us to us today. It's been lovely hearing from you. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, James. Thanks a lot. Well, just before we finish off today, I always like to ask my guest presenter for some sort of recommendation. So, Alan, do you, do you have something that you'd like to recommend to everyone? I do have something I'd like to recommend to everybody. I've just not long finished a re- very, very, very good novel. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a, a reading group. It's actually a, a reading group attached to the library. I think the last count the library had about a hundred reading groups attached to it my word which is exciting um but anyway this book that we gave it's rather fat and it has nearly 500 well 450 pages but it's it's called we begin at the end okay not, not quite sure why it's called we begin at the end although that phrase is mentioned but i didn't quite understand it by a guy called chris whittaker and it's, it's basically a, a sort of detective story, but it's so rich in characters. There's this wonderful 12, 13-year-old girl who's extremely angry and uh, throughout the whole thing. But it, and it, it, it's, it's very sad and moving in lots of ways, but also um, enormously redemptive at the end. And lots of twists and turns, and just a, a cut above the average... Uh, novel, a real page turner, but one that's got depths and makes you think about, you know, right and wrong and 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 all sorts of things like that. So yes, we begin at the end. Chris Whitaker, very good. Thank you for that, Alan. That's a big book. I'm yes. I'm, I, 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 reading has never quite been my my favourite occupation. However. My recommendation this week does sort of tie into books. Um, I am a fan of audiobooks, the the lazy way to read. Um, but uh, I'm uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not so big on um, fiction. But I I I'm, I'm, I do like a good autobiography. And the past few weeks, I have been listening to oh, what's it? I don't actually know what it's called. But it, it's Obama's um, autobiography. Yes, and it is read by Obama, so I, I, I've been thoroughly enjoying that. So that that that's my that's I my heard, recommendation. I heard a few bits of that on the radio, oh, and did you? Uh, and and I do fancy either getting or listening to it. Um, I, I think yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful man, and his uh, Michelle's 
autobiography yes. was very good as well. Yes. Um, yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah, I've just looked it up for everyone. It's called A Promised Land, and it's his That's autobiography. Right. There you go. Yeah, very good. So, thank you very much, Alan, for taking the time um, to speak with me today. And again, thanks to David for popping by. And until next week, stay safe and we'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. Okay, then. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.